Welcome to the Halftime Chat with me, Sylvan Gacy, in the change room made just for you by Brightrock. Francis Van Koch is a lot of things. He's a South African music icon, a son of a Dumini, and a very handy scrum of <laughs> In this episode, we learn about redeeming a language, reinventing yourself, and following through with your passion even when those who love you don't at first understand. Mr. Van Koch, who can it? Like in you, man, I actually can't believe you're interviewing me because I had a TV show and I wanted you to be on the show. I wanted to be the guy interviewing you first, actually. But my Afrikaans is not good. Yeah, that's fine. No one would have cared. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Yeah, Afrikaans is amazing. We played rugby together, I know. Yes. I've heard enough. Listen, okay. Mr. Van Koch, for me, many people don't realize what kind of a quality rugby player you are. Did you ever want to be a rugby player? Dude, it's so funny. I was actually invited to my high school last week. There was some, they shot some TV show there and they had like a, uh, they asked me to go back to say something about the school. And, and one of the teachers had a video of my under 19 year highlights and he showed me a couple of my tries. And I was like, no ways. I can't believe I played like that. So, so I actually played quite well in school. What school? A Belleville, Belleville Eye. Yeah. Oh. So what you saw is not my best. Okay, yes, yes. It's not my best. I think I was at my best at like 13 and okay. it's been deteriorating. <laughs> if you are listening, he's an incredible rugby player. He is my scrum half, him and uh, Rob Van Furen. We've played in the same team for many years. We've had ups and downs. It's great to play with him in, in the team. So another thing that people is quite interesting for you, are a rocker, like rock and roll. Afrikaans rock and roll. Fuck of Polisica. Uh, I can say that because it's the name of something. Damn straight. And once we were at a bar and I looked at you and you said, I was like, you asked me, you said, you, do you drink? And I said, no, I don't drink. And you said, no, I don't drink anymore. Why did you change? Dude, okay. Yeah, so we started this band called Fuck of Polisica when I was uh, early, early in my 20s. I was 23 and I kind of come from a very traditional background. Uh, Afrikaans and conservative. Never. Afrikaans conservative. Growing Never. Up the, growing up in the burbs. And I think starting that band and calling ourselves Fuck of Polisica was this liberation. And I think we just kind of liberated ourselves in every kind of aspect of the word. So we wanted to free ourselves from all, everything of our past, mm -hmm. including, you know, political views, religion, uh, whatever. And, and partying was kind of like a way of escaping all of that stuff. So I kind of involved myself in the party to the point that I should, should, should stop. <laughs> so I kind of overdid it in my 20s and my early 30s. And then I just got to a point where I was like, I think it's time to look at life a little bit differently. I kind of didn't have control of my life. Mm -hmm. And I, I just decided I'm going to stop. So do you think having a family played a role in that? Uh, that was actually before I had a daughter. She's and so cute. She's amazing, eh? I know you love her more than you love me. I tell the people at home, sometimes I take pictures of... If he shares a picture of him and his daughter and his wife, I'll take a picture of the picture and I will color in the face of the wife and the face of him and I just send it to him just of the kid. She's that cute. 
<laughs> yeah, she's amazing. I'm actually scared to introduce her to you because maybe you you get disappointed. Or no, something. no, she's perfect. She's so perfect. <laughs> so, no, she's amazing. I really love her. But I actually I actually quit before before she was in my life, mm. and I, I'm glad I did because I think I you know I'm I'm definitely a better dad mm. off the source than on the source mm. than I would have been on the source. Um, but it was a decision before I had a family. How has family life changed the person that you are? How has it transformed you to the person that you are now? Dude, uh, it has changed everything. I think, uh, you know, with me and Lauren, my wife, it was kind of perfect and it was good. But we are not the center of everything anymore. You know, Alex came into the picture. Alex, my daughter. Uh, oh, is that her name? I didn't even know her name. <laughs> when she came into the picture, she became the most important thing. So we're not that selfish anymore. I think that's the biggest, biggest thing. There's someone else to look out for and not just ourselves. Hmm. Uh, what did your parents think when you came up with the band name Fokov Polisikok? Something dude, to do with your surname. Dude, I'll, I guess I'll tell you the whole the whole story. Um, so my, my dad's a Dutch reformed minister. I grew up in uh, in Gekerk. Oh, my wow. Dominee. Dominee, Dominee. He was a Dominee. Dominee Badenhorst. <laughs> so um, I think my, just playing in a band, I don't think that was the idea my parents had for me, for my future. You know <laughs> what I mean? I come from, you know, a family where everyone went to study in Stellenbosch and they kind of became a lawyer or a doctor or a Dominee. And um, uh, I wasn't on that mission, you know. I went to go study sound. I always wanted to play music. I never thought it's a possibility. Then I started this band, and it kind of became successful by chance. It was got lucky and all of those things. But um, when we started the band, uh, I I couldn't tell them the name. I just yeah. told my mom like I quit my job. I'm starting this Afrikaans band because I knew the name is going to be a massive shock. And then uh, my cousin, I told, obviously told my cousin, he's a good mate of mine, also plays in a, in a band now, the Evil Fantastis, and he told his mom and his mom told my mom. Ooh. So it kind of went this whole circle. So she, so my mom found out we called Fokov Polisikar and then she, she cried for two days. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like the, I know, so I know the like, parent. It I was like this, you know, oh, my son hates authority, <laughs> you know, like it was just a shock to the system. Uh, for, that, for us coming from mm. that conservative background, it was hectic. And then mm. I think the, the lyrics on the first EP was also kind of controversial in terms of uh, what we said about religion and our background. And um, that was also a massive shock to them. So it took my parents a long time to warm up to this thing. You know, my dad hasn't said the name yet. He calls it Focus Polisica <laughs> after 16 years. My mom is kind of into it now, but it, things kind of changed when I... Um, I started a solo career like in 2015 I had it and I had like this big Afrikaans hit song that kind of crossed over to all kinds of people and my mom's friends got into this song and I think that kind of gave them the reason to mm. kind of try and listen to mm. what I had to say and then they kind of started warming up to it. Mm. So it took it took me like 13 years for my folks to get into my music. If there's any kids who are listening here who want to be musicians or sportsmen, I think that tells you that it doesn't happen overnight. 13 years. Like, I don't know if everyone is looking for their parents' um, approval. Approval, but, but yeah, it took me 13 years, I think. 
Mm. But, but dude, it doesn't happen overnight. And you know, like what I always tell young musicians is practice every day. Mm. Practice every day and play with people that you get along with. Because in a band, it's, it's, a, it's a lot like being in a rugby team. You have to work with, with a bunch of guys. Mm. You have to go on the road with them. You have to get along with them. I guess in a team, you don't really have a choice of who is in your team. But, but in, a, in a band, you can choose the people that you surround yourself with and that, that can determine how long you can stay together and how long you want to play together. So those are the most important things for me. Practice and make sure you do it with people that you like. Yeah. So you have another brand that you started. Yeah, so, so yeah, okay, it's, it's a little bit, it gets a bit confusing. Yeah, because I, yeah, I I I've known you for years, I didn't know you had another band. Okay, Fork of Police Car, and uh, we took a break in 2007 because that thing was just, it was... All of these things happened. It was just all these events that was, were thrown into the first three years of Fork of Police Car. We had like the whole country love us, then everybody hated us, then uh, it was just all these events. So I, I'm used to that. Sometimes the country yeah. loves me, sometimes that? the country... Ah! It was like that. <laughs> That's then, what you want. Them. Then we kind of took a break and I started another band called Funko Cartel, like my name, Cartel. And then I did that full time for 10 years and then I started my solo career. Mm. So and with the solo career, my name is Francis van Koeken, and the band that I play with is Die Gevaar. Die Gevaar. The Danger. Ah, oh, okay. So it does get confusing. No, you got me confused, but I'm a friend. I'll love you either way. So listen here, Fog of Polisikov, the other band yeah. going solo, yeah. and where you are now. What do you think has changed in all those processes, and what has tr- transformed in the whole entire process of each time, each different phase in your life? Um, yo, I, you can say I think question. it's reinvention. Eh? Mm-hmm. I think uh, that's been very important to me as a as a musician that I kind of reinvent myself in everything I do, and that's that's within those projects as well. So every album I make, I want to do something like that I haven't done before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so re- reinvent myself in some way, and also kind of stick to my guns in a way mm-hmm. as well. So I think. Uh, those are the biggest thing that happened over the years. When I heard you were going to be a coach on The Voice SA this year, I was very excited that South Africa could see you for the person that you are compared to the person that I've gone to know playing, them on the, playing with you on the rugby field. I was so happy. And, you know, when I heard, I phoned you immediately. I remember, going, yeah. So excited that you're there. And, and for me, the most exciting part, apart from what it was going to do for your career, I just wanted people to see the person that I've gotten to know. And what has changed? What have you learned from the whole process of being on The Voice and how South Africa sees you? Like how has that changed it's your funny, everything? It's funny that you say that because I remember that conversation yeah. and, and I remember you saying you can't wait for South Africa to see <laughs> the person you got to know on the rugby field. Yes. Yeah, you said those exact words. Um, and, you know, for, for me, I think the biggest thing that changed in the people that follow me and stuff like that and the people that recognize me and come to talk to me is there, there are people, and I would, I would go as far as to say Afrikaans tannies that, that used to hate something like Fokker Polisica. <laughs> they burnt their kids' CDs and stuff like that, yeah. that kind of got to know me now. While I am still the same person, mm. they saw more of me and kind of could relate to that a lot more than what they, yeah. the, the idea that they hated mm. before. Mm. So that has definitely changed mm. in a massive way. Mm. And um, I think that's quite cool, you know, because um, uh, 
I think it's kind of it was a gradual thing that happened over time as well with that song that I spoke about earlier mm. that kind of uh, opened doors for me and people kind of understanding mm. and seeing a different side of me to something like The Voice mm. just um, opening up the floodgates of Tunnies being into mm. me all of a sudden because a lot of people were watching The Voice and I was standing behind you when you won or when your person won and I was screaming and shouting like I was celebrating and a lot of people asked me going, what? I was like, no, he's a friend of mine. That is a friend of mine and I'm so glad. Like, I, once again, I, I didn't tell that but congratulations on it. It was a great experience and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you in other seasons and letting people see the person that I that I've gotten cool, to know. Man. Dude, I, I was so stoked that you were there and cheering me on. Yeah, and, we were shouting, we were shouting loud. And I'm so happy for that girl, Tasha. She is so incredible. I, I wish... Um, and I know she's going to have an incredible career. You are a big, 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 big fan of DHL Western Province, and oh, DHL yes. oh, yes. uh, Stormers, and the Booker. Yes. You are passionate about rugby. I am. Where did the passion for rugby come from? Is that from the Dumini? Dude, I think my, my dad, my, my grandfather on my dad's dad, he was into mm. rugby. He would like, uh, you know, mission to see the box all over the country, um, you know, go to Lions tours, etc. My dad was never that much into rugby, but he wasn't a rugby school. He was in Paul Ruiz. Um, but he, I think I kind of got it from him, but he, he was never that much into the, into the game. Like he would take me to Newlands because I would want to be at every game, but he would kind of fall asleep in the, in the seats in the stadium. And I would be like, what? Is he sleeping at the rugby? I yeah. can't believe it. But, you know, he... he he encouraged my passion for it, but I don't think he ever liked it as much as mm. I did. Mm. But um, I've always been into rugby. You know, I kind of grew up in the 80s and 90s, and that was a the 80s was a great time for for Western Province rugby. So I was just into it from being a kid. Mm. And then, did you ever want to be a rugby player? Yeah, damn straight, man. Mm. I that was kind of the only thing I wanted to do until I got into music. Um, I, it was before rugby was professional, so I, would, I, I think I just wanted to play. Like every kid that touches a rugby ball wants to play for the box, I also wanted to play for the box, you know? Okay, in your life, there's been a lot of change, a lot of things that have gone differently, a lot of ups and downs like anyone has in life. But what do you think is, what have you learned the most about change, transformation, or uh, like, like overcoming challenges? What is the... Uh, I think the, the biggest thing about change that I learned is like that it's possible. Mm. You know, and, and I think that is, uh, yeah, let me try and put this kind of as sweetly as I can. Um, for me, you know, I think I was in a situation in my life before I, I gave up the partying that I was kind of stuck in that thing that mm. I would never be able to live in, an, in another yeah. way. Mm. I won't be able to do what I do and, and change. Mm. And, I, and everything is different now, but it's also, also kind of the same. Mm. So change is very possible. Mm. For me, what I find quite funny is you started doing Fogo Polisico and people were like, no, that's a terrible word. No, you can't say that. And now there's people, corporates that are getting involved with you. Did you ever imagine that happening? No, dude, not at all. I think with Fogo Polisico, we, we never even thought they're going to print it. You know, in the media, no one's going to say it on the radio. There's still some radio stations that don't want to say the name. There's still some publications that doesn't print it. In the beginning, it was printed if asterisk, asterisk, cough yeah. Polisica. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now it's actually printed in, mm. in media. So, no, we didn't expect anything. We were like, we're going to be a band 
and we're going to be good enough so people take it seriously. Mm. But um, I think it was like choosing that name was like shooting yourself in the foot mm. before you start a marathon mm. or something, something like that. So there was there was a black uh, there was a band a black band from the states called that to the song called "Fuck the Police." NWA. NWA. And so did you did you do it before them or after them? Mm. Way after them. Way after. Oh, them. okay. Did you did you know the link? Did you know the? Uh, I think I think I was aware of it, mm. but but that is not where our name comes from at all. I mm. think. Uh, might have played somewhere in your subconscious subconsciousness, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was, uh, but our, our name actually came about. Ah, oh, sorry, man. Our name is from. Um, I'll tell you the story quickly. We were stoned, me and the <laughs> Yes. We drove to Campus Bay on a warm day, and we were always playing in English rock bands before Folk of Polisica because it was kind of taboo at that time to. Mm play Afrikaans music, it just wasn't a cool thing, you know, like early 2000s, if you think about, mm. think about it, there wasn't anything cool around in Afrikaans mm. music, I don't know if you even know anything about Afrikaans <laughs> music, but there was nothing cool around, take my word for it. No. Um, and we were always joking, like, yeah, we're going to start this Afrikaans band, wahaha, it's kind of like laughable, mm. and we drove to the beach, stoned, and um, I, uh, I was driving his Venture, Toyota Venture. And this sedan pulled up in front of me and I said, Fuck of Familie Motor. Like Fuck of Family Car. And then, um, then we were like, Oh, that's the name for the band. It's amazing. We've got it. We have to start this Afrikaans band. And we found Hunter, that's the guitarist in the band now. And we told him, We've got this amazing name for this band, Fuck of Familie Motor. Uh, later, speak to you later, whatever. Two weeks later, we saw him and he was like, What's the name of the band again? Fuck of Polisikar. And we were like, ah, uh, even better. Yeah. So you, you mentioned something about how Afrikaans has evolved. Like even I have my first Afrikaans film that I'm doing in February and I've wanted to break into the Afrikaans scene for a while. But my Afrikaans is not good enough. There's, there's a lot of Afrikaans movies now. No, there are, there are. Yeah. And they're even putting people in English in them. How has the Afrikaans industry evolved? Because it's become cool, man. It's become cool to have Afrikaans content and Afrikaans, Afrikaans medium. How did that change? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, uh, it, it's gone like it's gone through like dips and yeah. dives over the years as well. You know, like uh, when we started, like I said, there was nothing cool for for us. But ten years before that, there was the default Freie Bewegung. It's people like Johannes Kerkor and Kuskom Base that were kind of a political movement movement against apartheid, but they were they were the only guys that we could relate to in our youth and then there was kind of nothing and then Fokov Polisikar came around and it kind of made Afrikaans I guess cool cool yeah in a way again and then there was this massive explosion in Afrikaans music after that with this uh, there was this Afrikaans music channel with alternative music that was around for like five years and there was this massive okay. explosion and then that thing died and then a lot of a lot of the movement died again okay and then there was kind of a dip, and I think at the moment there's there's some cool stuff happening in Afrikaans again. Music and students are into ba- into cool new bands. There's a band called Spuchforf that the students are really into, that really speak to them. It really resonates to the Afrikaans youth at the moment. So, you know, there's been times where it's kind of cool and times where it's really bad, and obviously it's always going to have the stigma of, you know, our past and stuff like that, but... I think as long as Afrikaans is renewing and um, not looking towards mm. the past, looking 
towards the future and towards change, it's going to be in a cool place. Because for me, I, I think as, as, a, as a kid who's grown up in the townships, I grew up with a bad uh, mentality towards Afrikaans. And my mother and my family always just reminded us, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. So growing up, meeting people like you and different kind of people who are Afrikaans, who are great examples of Afrikaans people that I can look up to, who, who are friends, I think it's changed. And, and, and sport has done that for me. And the entertainment industry that I've been able to meet and make friends with people who are Afrikaans and open-minded and, and out there who want a better South Africa. And I think I wish all kids could have the opportunity that I had to yeah. play rugby with Afrikaans people and to play water polo with Afrikaans people, play sport and to do all these kind of things. Well, what do you think in South Africa we need to do to change South Africa to make it better? Because a lot of people don't get the opportunities that me and you have every single day. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that that is the biggest thing that we can see each other face to face mm. and spend time together. Mm. Yeah. I think that is, that is really important because our lives can feel very, very far apart yeah. and it is at times, mm. but you know, if we can connect over one thing, mm. like me and you connected over in a yeah. game of rugby yeah. or, you know, I really became good friends with Ricky Rick and in, in this filming of the voice. Yeah, voice and you know, we come from completely different worlds. You know, he's like a black dude, uh, doing hip hop and I'm an Afrikaans dude playing rock and we just had had to spend time together and we, we became friends mm. because we had to spend time together mm. and we got to know each other mm. and I think that's important for South Africa is to just see the other sides of yeah. the spectrum you know and, and make the mission mm. to find out mm. about other people agreed okay you have had a great great year absolutely great year what are the, what are the ambitions what are the goals short term long term yeah, man, I, short term, I'm releasing my third solo album very soon. I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but soon in October. And, it is October. Oh, uh, in, in 17 days or 16 days. We're okay. now 15 days, okay. the 18th of October. That's my birthday. Oh, you lie. I promise you that I'm going to call you. See, <laughs> that's 18th of October, Libra. Okay, all right, you I'm going to call you. I promise you I'm going to call you that day. You're that is, oh, sorry, I whacked the table yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> 18th of October, it's your birthday. Yes. Uh, I launched my third solo album and I'm doing the biggest show of my career. This is it nearly sold out? It's a 380 tickets or something like that. That's sold out, man. 9,500 capacity venue. It's going to be Where? insane. Uh, Sun Arena in Pretoria. Yeah. Um, 9,000? 9, 9, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm very excited about that. That's short-term goal. Long-term goal, be a good dad, be a good husband, and make good music until I die. All right. If, you, if, your, if your daughter was able to Google you when she's 18, what do you want her to see? Oof, that's a hard one. I, I know she's going to find a lot of drunk videos of me <laughs> in my 20s. There's a lot of those out there. Go find them if you want to. Um, shit. Um, I would like her to see... Um, I don't know if she's going to find this on Google, but I, I wanted to see that I, I, I made people think. Mm. Um, and hopefully that message comes across in everything I, I do and, uh, and that people think for themselves or that they should think for themselves. And that's what I wanted to learn first and mm. foremost as well. So have you, because I've never ever spoken to you in this depth about your life, but have you seen what Fogov Polisica has done for the Afrikaans market? Have you, have you taken a moment to be able to go, this is what we did, this is the progress that we've done, and this is what we owe society? 
you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think I think I see it from time to time. Mm. You know, I, I think um we made it we just kind of came at the at the right time for a lot of Afrikaans kids that didn't feel they had anywhere to fit in. Mm. You know, like kind of in that Lumbo mode of, mm. you know, kind of the politics is sorted out, mm. but we don't really know what our identity mm. is. And I hope we kind of, you know, not that we really tried, we just wanted to give a voice to ourselves. Mm. And and um, I hope we could give some people a mm. voice too. Right. So in that sense, I think it's uh, cool. How is fatherhood? How is fatherhood? Dude, it's the greatest thing in the world. Um, uh Music was always the most important thing in my life, and I would say that any time, but my family is the most important thing in my in my life now. Mm. Uh, and it's amazing. Mm. Um, it's hard. The first three months was the hardest time that I've ever had. Um, but, yes, there's nothing more rewarding mm. than looking into my daughter's eyes and knowing that I will look into her eyes forever. Yeah, I'm sure she 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 won't agree with that because at 18 she's out the house. She'll be like, ah, dad, you can't look in my eyes anymore, dad. All right, my friend, it's been a pleasure and a privilege. I'm gonna try. Yeah. I'm gonna try at least. She's, yeah. she's already sometimes got that teen thing yeah, going yeah. at three. You know, yeah. no, whatever. Yeah. What do you think is gonna happen with the Springboks in the World Cup? We're gonna win. We're gonna reach the final and beat New Zealand. All right, that's what's gonna happen. My brother, I love you to bits. I, I love you more. All the amazing things you gave me today. Next time, it's me interviewing you. Kom, ons moet die ding gaan doen. And that was Halftime Chat with me, Sir Ngesi. In the change room, made just for you by BrightRock. The first ever needs match life insurance that changes as your life changes. For more episodes, subscribe to In the Change Room on Iona FM, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen. <laughs>